Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, Pray Then in This Way, Deliver Us from Evil, and is based on Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 and verses 7 through 15. It was delivered on Sunday, March 26, 2023, by Pastor Steve Pierce. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Funny story about a disgruntled motorist who parked his car in a no parking zone in London, and he attached the following message to his windshield. I have circled this block 20 times. I have an appointment to keep. Forgive us our trespasses. And when the owner came back to his car, he found this reply attached to his note. It said this, I've circled this block 20 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. Well, today we come to the last part of our Lord's Prayer uh, series, and this is everyone's favorite subject, and that's temptation and the devil. I know you've been waiting for this one. We pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is one prayer. It's one petition, but it has two halves. There's the negative, and then there's the positive. Lead us not, the negative, but deliver us. Is the positive. We all know what it's like to be tempted. If you are alive right now in this sanctuary, if you're actually breathing air, you know what it is to be tempted. Oscar Wilde joked once, he said, I can resist everything but temptation. Even our Lord was tempted. We know the story. He was tempted in every way, but he did not Sin. According to the Greek New Testament, he didn't yield to it. And we've all been tempted like Jesus. And everyone has yielded to to temptation not like Jesus. He is the one that can help us overcome our temptation. I want you to hear that again. Jesus, the Christ, the one who conquered sin and death, is the one 
who helps us overcome our temptation. Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote, God and the devil are at war in the universe, and their battlefield is the human heart. And I think there's a lot of us who would agree with that. There's something that we, we know is happening inside of us, not to err on the side of Zoroastrianism or Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness, where there's a spiritual warfare going on, the bad angels and the good angels are battling it out. I'm talking about everyday reality where we are tempted with little things. And it's the little things that we are tempted with almost every day. And so we come to this part of our prayer in true humility, this last petition where we say, God, I am weak. You are strong. There is an enemy of my soul. He hates me. He wants to destroy me. He wants to destroy my life. But you, oh God, you will protect me. You will preserve me. You will help me. I trust in you and you alone. This is a a prayer that summarizes very nicely for us our, our need for provision, pardon, protection, and preservation from evil. And it makes sense that we would talk about this during the Lenten season, considering we're all making our way closer to Holy Week, we're all making our way closer to Good Friday, we're all making our way to the cross. And at the cross, we know that we are forgiven. And if we stay at the cross, if we stay there for a little while, it helps us to become forgiving as people who love God. We all know what it's like to pray and forgive us our debts. Some of us pray it every day, or sins or trespasses, depending on your tradition. And it's an important petition that we must make. But those of us who are growing in spiritual maturity in Christ are not only concerned about their past sins being forgiven, but also of deliverance from future sins. They know it's better to go through life saying, Lord, protect me. Lord, preserve me. Lord, deliver me, than repeatedly saying, Lord, forgive my debts, my sins, my trespasses. There is no doubt that God is merciful. God is forgiving. But followers of Christ want God to protect them from sin and deliver them from evil. There isn't a person in this room, there isn't a person who is live streaming with us now, there isn't a person who's going to watch this sermon a week from now, a month from now, maybe a year from now, that hasn't fallen into temptation. We've all fallen. We're all weak. Maybe it's better to say that there is no one who is above falling. But here's how the Apostle Paul says it to the Corinthians. So if you think you're standing... Watch out that you do not fall. And later to the Ephesians, he would say, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is why we must pray. Deliver us from evil. Many Greek scholars believe that the the Greek word here, uh, paneru, should actually be rendered the evil one. Whatever the devil is, And I don't know what the devil exactly is. I believe the devil exists. I'm just not exactly sure what that looks like, what he, she looks like. Whatever the devil is, the devil hates God and the devil hates you. 
more than anything. The devil hates God and the devil hates all who love God. In 1 Peter 5 we read, Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him steadfast in your faith. Whatever the devil is, the devil comes to us with subtlety and then questions. Subtlety and questions. Did God really say that? That was the first temptation in the Garden of Eden. And the devil has been at it ever since. When Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil. This is Matthew chapter 4. And do you remember the first thing that the devil said to Jesus? If you are the Son of God... Command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus responded, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In the Greek, the devil actually says, since you are the son of God. The devil knew exactly who Jesus was. It, it, changes, it changes the dynamic quite a bit. Since you are the son of God, jump from this high point. Jump down into the Kidron Valley. Do it. For it is written, God has commanded the angels, you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus responds to the devil. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then a little bit later, the devil told Jesus he would give everything, everything in the world to him if he would just bow down and worship him, the devil. And Jesus responded, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So Jesus' temptation in the wilderness reminds us that we're all tempted. Even Jesus himself was, was tempted, though he did not yield to it. None of us can escape the devil's schemes. None of us can And so the story compels us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the Greek word for temptation is actually neutral. It's a neutral word that can either mean a test or a trial, or it can mean uh, a solicitation to evil. God allows us to be tested, to be tried for our good and for God's own glory. Our trials, our trouble, our testing in our lives are for our own good. I know some of us have a really hard time believing that. But God allows it. James puts it this way. My brothers and sisters, whatever you face, whenever you face various trials, consider it all joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance complete its work so that you may be complete and whole, lacking in nothing. Consider it joy when I lose my job? Consider it joy when a loved one gets sick? Consider it joy when things are going terribly wrong in my life? 
it doesn't diminish the pain and the hurt that we experience. But yes, consider it joy. Why? Our trials are not pointless. There is a purpose to them. God wants us to grow. God wants us to become more mature. God wants us to become patient. Some of us are in the crucible of affliction right now. And if you're in a crucible, then you know that when the fires are heated up, the dross will rise and the dross is skimmed off the top. And then the fires are heated a little bit more, the dross comes up, it's skimmed off the top. This is how gold is refined. And as Christians, we are constantly being refined in the crucible. And when God looks into that crucible and sees a perfect reflection of his son in the gold, then and only then is it done. But this doesn't happen until we are perfected at death when we enter heaven. So if we find ourselves in the crucible, if we find ourselves in a, in a time of suffering, in a time of trial, in a testing, we pray the Lord's Prayer, by praying, God, help me to pass this test. Help me. God tests us to bring out our worth. The devil tests us to bring out our worst. We pray, Lord, please do not lead me into testing where I will fail We pray, help us pass the test. Whenever God allows a trial or testing for our good and for God's glory, we can be sure that the devil will come and tempt us even more. If God really loves you, why did you lose your job? If God really loves you, why did your loved one die? If God really loves you, why is this happening to you? The devil comes, whatever the devil is, and the devil, devil is always whispering these questions to create doubt. Did God really say that? Does God really care about you? Does he? And sadly, throughout this questioning, we become bitter, not better. We fail the trial because we yield to this temptation. We steal, we lie, we commit adultery, our addiction gets the better of us, we withhold our love, we withhold our acceptance of someone, we refuse to forgive, we bring charges against someone when we ourselves are guilty of the same things. Sometimes we fail to forgive even ourselves. This is where the Apostle Paul holds out hope for all of us who are trying every day to live this prayer faithfully. He highlighted a promise from God, and this is what he says to the Corinthian Christians. He says, no testing, listen carefully, no testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and God will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, God will also provide the way out so that you will be able to endure it. What I so appreciate about 
this verse to the Corinthians is that we are not alone. Other people of faith have passed this way before, like Job. Job said it this way in Job 23, but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. We are not alone. Others have come this way. We also learn that we will be able to endure it or bear it and that God provides escape. God provides the protection that we need. And so if we really want to overcome temptation, we need a higher power to assist us. We need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. One of the ways we do that is we pray. I know that sounds like, okay, duh, Steve, that's so obvious. But hear me out a minute. We have to stay close to God in our prayer lives. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to binge Netflix and, and to stay busy doing the things that prevent us, hold us back from prayer. One of, when one of God's saints is on bended knee, the devil trembles. Or as another pastor put it, we don't have time not to pray. There's a legend about Monica, not my wife. Um, There's a legend about Monica, the mother of Augustine. She prayed that God would block her son's trip to Italy. She was afraid that if he were to go, he would fall deeper and deeper into sin and farther and farther away from, from God and God's love. And so she prayed that God would prevent the trip, but he set sail anyway, and she thought she had lost. But while Augustine was there in Rome, God worked a great miracle in his life. For after he arrived there, he met and fell under the influence of the mighty preacher, Ambrose, and he became a Christian in the very place that his mother was praying that he would not go. Prayer can do wonderful things. Prayer can change us for the better. So we pray. And we meditate on God's word. The psalmist says, how can young people keep their way pure? Thinking of Lauren here and Malachi. How can young young people keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. I treasure Your word in my heart, the psalmist says, so that I may not sin against you. We meditate on God's word day and night. We feed on it, the sword of the spirit. We pray, we meditate. And then lastly, we put our feet to our prayers. We put our feet to our prayers. Because the power of God is stronger than anything else in the world, we, 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 we can put feet to our prayers. Where do my feet take me? Where do my eyes take me? Where do my hands take me? Where does my mind take me? What kind of company am I keeping? Uh, what places do I frequent? What does my bank account say about the way I spend my life? We cannot make provisions for the flesh for sin, we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling every day, knowing that God has defeated evil once and for all. God is eternal. 
So on this fifth Sunday of Lent, here's what I suggest we do at the conclusion of this Lord's Prayer series. I think we can send a strong message to the devil. Here's what I think we should say as followers of Christ. Go away. Go back where you come from. Leave me be. My heart is already occupied. My heart belongs to Christ and to him alone. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have brought us to know you and your Son by your Spirit and Word and have caused your Word to be proclaimed to us. Grant that we, having received Christ, may live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, able to pass our tests, resisting the evil one, just as we were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Oh God, we need you, and we humble ourselves. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, and all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.